This episode of Biscuits and Jam is presented by Boar's Head. Welcome to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living Magazine. Today's guest has been making a name for herself ever since she picked up the violin at age three. And her early love for country music was rewarded by her parents, as long as she made time to practice classical. I'll never forget hearing Whiskey River, (laughs) Willie Nelson. And it was actually kind of like my treat if I practiced, I was supposed to practice an hour a day. And if I did, I could listen to Whiskey River and jump on the bed and be crazy. (laughs) I didn't even know what it was about. It just felt good. I just, um, who doesn't love Willie Nelson? Janae Fleener grew up in Northwest Arkansas. And as a child, her obsession with the fiddle led her to performing with musicians often generations older than her. As she attended Belmont University, she split time between her studies and jamming with bluegrass bands around Nashville. And though she's now toured the world backing up stars like Blake Shelton, Martina McBride, and Rascal Flatts, she's also an acclaimed singer-songwriter in her own right, with legends like Dolly Parton, Kathy Matea, and Gretchen Wilson all recording her songs. And if that weren't enough, she's the first woman ever to win the CMA's coveted Musician of the Year Award, and she's done it twice. On today's show, Janae shares what it's been like to break that glass ceiling and pave the way for female musicians everywhere. I just hope it lights a fire in a lot of these girls that it can be done. And I certainly have had sometimes especially when I first stepped in the studio, and they're like, oh gosh, here's the girl, a girl. And um, I always say the proof's in the picking. <laughs> so I just let my fiddle do my talking. Plus her dad's chili recipe and much more this week on Biscuits and Jam. Well, Janae Fleener, welcome to Biscuits and Jam. Thank you. I love Biscuits and Jam. <laughs> Just in general. <laughs> well, we're excited to have you on. Well, so tell me a little bit about growing up in uh, Northwest Arkansas. Oh, man, it was a great place to grow up. I guess some people just expect that I grew up in the country, but I really didn't. I mean, I grew up in a little neighborhood. And this was in Springdale, is that right? Mm-hmm, Springdale. Some people call it Chickendale because Tyson Chicken is based there, and, and um, there's a lot that goes on there. There's Walmart is based in Bentonville, which is up the road. Um, J.B. Hunt. Um, so there's a lot going on there. But it's just a great place to grow up. My high school I went to was just a few blocks away. My elementary school was, uh, you know, just a block down the road. And I, I still love to go back. And my mom lives in Van Buren now, which is just an hour away. So I love getting to drive over the mountains there over the Ozark Mountains. They're so beautiful. And um, right now it's snowy, so I know they'd be treacherous, but beautiful. <laughs> so is Springdale in the mountains or just kind of nearby? No, it's not really mountainous there, but it's, you know, it only takes 20 minutes really to get in the Ozark Mountains there. When I go home, I love to go um, to Devil's Den State Park and go hiking there. There's some wonderful um, bicycle trails too, my husband loves to cycle. We like to ride our bikes. So they've built a, a trail that goes from Bentonville to Fayetteville. And yeah, lots of good food, music, great place to visit. 
So what did your folks do uh, when you were growing up? My dad was actually retired when when I was born, and mom retired by the time I was, I think, 10 years old or so. But they worked at the VA and medical records. So dad took care of me when I was really little. He sat me in front of um, Sesame Street <laughs> while mom went to work. And basically every weekend, I started playing violin when I was three years old. So every weekend was music involved. We'd go to talent shows and bluegrass festivals, and we always had a camper. So every weekend we were going to all kinds of music stuff, fiddling. I played classical music. I started in classical music, so there was also a lot of traveling for workshops for classical music as well. But uh, yeah, we were always moving. That's what I remember. And it was a lot of fun. I got to spend a lot of time with my parents, and, and I'm really grateful for that. And your parents were both pretty musical, right? Well, (laughs) Mom, she didn't have an ear, although she could read music. She grew up, I think, taking piano lessons, and she could play some chords on the piano, but it didn't really come natural. And I think my dad really had the ear. He started playing violin after I did, and Dad was 55 when I was born. So (laughs) he was, you know, yeah. So he picked up the violin, which is not an easy instrument to pick up. So I'm like five years old learning Faded Love, and he's kind of learning alongside me. But he he really sounded pretty good for just picking it up, and he could play the guitar some. Mom would play the piano, and Dad would play fiddle or guitar, and I never really wanted to be that family band kind of (laughs) thing. And they were—I don't think they did either, but it was kind of fun for them to—my dad's fiddle playing was pretty rough, but um, even when I hear some old recordings of— fiddle playing, it it just brings me to tears because it reminds me of my dad um, playing fiddle in the house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, Janae, you have a song called Fiddle and Steel, and you talk about Sunday dinner on the ground. And I'm just wondering if church was a big part of your upbringing. Oh, yeah, big time. I I went to First Baptist Church of Springdale, which is a, I guess you'd say one of those mega churches, but they still would have like Sunday singing, and I remember taking my fiddle, of course, and uh, we had an orchestra, actually, and I played an orchestra and all these things. So I didn't grow up in one of those little country churches, but they were always so kind to let me play fiddle, and um, I remember I was very active in the children's youth choir and those things, so I would always get a speaking part or or a singing part, and um, I think that's really some of the first times I sang in front of an audience was at that church and it was it was a little intimidating cuz it wasn't just a little <laughs> a little church i mean we had cameras and lights and the whole setup so i really cherish those times um and i think it shaped me as a musician for sure so it sounds like it was a big crowd yeah thousands of people as far as playing in front of a, a huge audience those were some of my first times dealing with nervousness um, I remember one of the first times I ever sang in front of a, a a big crowd was like in front of those people, and I just the lump I got in my throat, and I had to work through that. Um, and you know, I forget about that sometimes now. I definitely I still get nerves and butterflies, but those were some of the first times I went through that.
So, Janae, when did you take the turn toward country music? You know, you said you started out playing classical. I think you were in the Suzuki program, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I started uh, Suzuki when I was three. My parents saw some kids in the newspaper, I think, and thought they looked cute. <laughs> and that's why they got me involved in, in Suzuki classical music. And mom's dream for me was to to go to Juilliard and all these things. But it's really when I heard um, Bob Wills records and Ray Price and Willie Nelson playing in the background that my dad was playing that I was like, oh, I think I can. I started to pick up those songs by ear. Um, I'll never forget hearing Whiskey River, <laughs> Willie Nelson. And it was actually kind of like my treat if I practiced I was supposed to practice an hour a day, and if I did, I could listen to Whiskey River and jump on the bed and be crazy. <laughs> I didn't even know what it was about, but <laughs> it just felt good. I just, um, who doesn't love Willie Nelson? But I always say the turning point for me was learning Faded Love and learning it by ear. And then I remember standing on this, um, like a cedar chest, and playing it for mom and dad. And I think they saw that I had developed an ear and could kind of play whatever I heard. So they started getting me involved in um, the Arkansas Fiddlers Association, which was down the road for me. It was like me being, you know, five, ten years old, jamming with these 70, 80-year-old fiddle players. And um, it, <laughs> those are some awesome memories for me. And sometimes my friends would go, um, and they're probably like, what is this girl doing? <laughs> what is going on here? But I love it, man. It was it was great. <laughs> so I've read that Mark O'Connor was a big influence on you. And, yep. and I'm just wondering, what was it about his style of playing or, or his presence that made such an impact? I remember my parents took me to Mark's very first violin workshop. He had it in uh, Montgomery Bell State Park. And I was like 11 or 12. And I honestly didn't know who Mark O'Connor was at the time. But by golly, by the end of it, I was like obsessed. <laughs> I was like, this is who I want to be someday. And that made such an impact on me. And seeing all the different styles of fiddle players that came to that camp. So I really started to tune in to what fiddle playing on the radio sounded like. And... I think my parents realized that, too. So they would take me to different teachers, like like I had a specific Cajun violin teacher or fiddle teacher and a Western swing fiddle teacher. And I, I think I saw that in my, Mark O'Connor, that he could just play any style and just play a bluegrass song, and it sounds bluegrass, and play Cajun, and it sounds Cajun. So, you know, that really impacted me and realized that when you play in the studio, that that's how it goes. You might go from one session playing bluegrass music. And the next one is, I mean, I played with Steven Tyler. So these kind of rock. <laughs> Which is so crazy. <laughs> it is crazy, right? <laughs> so yeah, um, he definitely influenced my playing. And um, he was so sweet. I met him by chance in New York City. We were doing the Tonight Show or something. Actually, that's the time in New York I was playing with Blake. It was like I was playing with Blake on the Fallon Show and Steven Tyler on Seth Meyer the same night. It was like, what? <laughs> and um, and we were walking to get lunch or something, and I saw this thing on the door, and it said O'Connor School of Music and had an, a violin. And my buddies that were with me, I'm like, that's 
you think that's Mark O'Connor's place? And I'm like, what are the chances? You know, like, we're just wandering down the street. And we walked in, sure enough, and uh, that was my really my first time to get to talk to Mark. I'm sure as a kid at that camp, I would have been too shy to actually talk to him. But, but yeah, that was a neat moment for me. Well, so it sounds like your parents were just so instrumental in moving you along on your journey. And um, I'm just wondering when you decided to kind of make the leap to Nashville, was that, was mm-hmm. that hard for them? that, you know, you were finally, you were leaving town and, and, uh, you know, taking off. Yeah. I mean, for me, I would have moved to Nashville. I mean, when I was 12 (laughs) (laughs) or or when I first realized that I I just, when kids, when you're in school dreaming of what you want to do, um, you know, some kids are just kind of willy nilly. I'm like, I'm moving to Nashville and I'm going to be on the radio someday. (laughs) Um, and they'd kind of look at me like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> they didn't know what a session musician was anyway. But <laughs> um, so I, when I decided to move, I knew so many people here, but you don't just move here and get a job. Like, So I wanted to go to Belmont was my goal, to go to Belmont. And so I enrolled at Belmont. And, you know, my dad passed away my senior year. Yeah. And so that was that was really, really, really hard. And then, of course, when mom dropped me off, to go to college. I know that was just horribly hard on her to have to leave. I was the last kid to fly the coop and, um, you know, she went back home. But I, she was so proud of me and, and seeing my, hopefully my dreams come true. And two weeks after moving to town, I walked in the station inn where I still play weekly now. And Larry Cordell and Lonesome Standard Time were playing um, in there. And I didn't know who Larry was, but a buddy of mine was playing with Larry, Brandon Rickman, who is now the lead singer of Lonesome River Band. He goes, do you have your fiddle? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, don't leave it in your car around here. Because <laughs> at the time, the station ends in the gulch, but at the time, that area was not a good area to leave an instrument in your car. <laughs> and I went and, and played my fiddle in the green room not knowing it was maybe an audition because Larry's fiddle player at the time was wanting to stay in town more. And and I'm fiddling backstage, and the next week, Larry calls me to ask me if I want to join his band. I was like, is this real life? So I was able to go to Belmont and juggle being in a bluegrass band for a a good year and a half. Played the Opry like a month after moving to town, which is just crazy. Wow. I truly believe God that's a God thing, how all that happened. That was really wild, but that's what set my path. <laughs> There's lots more with Janae Fleener after the break. This episode of Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living is presented by Boar's Head. Introducing Sweet Bee's Honey Barbecue Glazed Chicken, a new classic flavor available only from Boar's Head that brings the celebrated traditions, signature flavors, and iconic taste of sweet honey barbecue to your local deli. Inspired by famous barbecue joints and the aficionados who know the reward is worth the wait, comes an authentic experience that can only be from Boar's Head. Made with premium ingredients, This slow-roasted chicken is delightfully sweet with notes of honey and perfectly balanced with savory hints of hickory smoke. Honey drizzled and barbecue sizzled. 
Ask for freshly sliced Sweet Bee's Honey Barbecue Chicken during your next visit to the deli counter. Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere. Welcome back to Biscuits and Jam. I'm Sid Evans, and we're talking with two-time CMA Musician of the Year, Janae Fleener. Why do you think women have not been recognized in this category for so long? I think I think you're the first woman in 50-some years to win this award. Is that right? Yeah. Um, that's such a hard question. And I, I guess I knew it growing up, but um, they're just, as far as in the studio side, there's just not a lot of us. You have to have so many songs in the top 10 or, you know, there's criteria. And um, my gosh, I know so many amazing women musicians, Allison Presswood, Wanda Vick, Jennifer Wrinkle, Tammy Rogers, there's so many of us. But I, I don't know why it took this long. The only thing I can think is there's just not a lot of us. <laughs> and a lot of times that award, I feel like goes to guitar players. I feel like it's rare to see bass and drums in that category. I need to go back and, and really look at the category. But back in the day, there was a lot of fiddle, fiddle player, Mark O'Connor and Buddy Spiker and um, Johnny Gimble and those heroes of mine. But as a kid, I never was thinking about how it might be hard for me to break into this. And I'm thankful that my parents never told me, hey, this might be a hard thing for you because you're a female and (laughs) there's just not many females doing this. I just saw it as my goal and not the award, but just being a session musician. And then the CMA award was just the icing on the cake. I still can't believe it sometimes. <laughs> I really can't. What do you think that award meant to young girls who are falling in love with the fiddle just like you did? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram. I get so many messages weekly from young girl fiddle players specifically, but just musicians that are, they're like, you're such an inspiration. I don't know. I'm just very, very thankful. And and um, I try to help them any way I can. There's a girl that messaged me one day and, but I said, let's just get jump on a Zoom call because I want to teach you fiddle. <laughs> I just want to give her some free lessons because her story was amazing. And, and I just couldn't believe that I could be an inspiration like that. But I'm very thankful to God that he's put me in this position. I just hope it lights a fire in a lot of these girls that it can be done. And I have certainly have had sometimes, especially when I first stepped in the studio, and they're like, oh, gosh, here's the girl, my girl. And um, I always say the proof's in the picking. <laughs> so I just let my fiddle do my talking. So anyway, I, I try to give all the encouragement I can and just hope another gal wins this award someday. Well, I want to ask you about your song, uh, Good Old Girls. Yeah. Which is kind of an anthem for girls who want to do what you do and and who are inspired by that. Uh, What's the story behind that song? Well, um, I guess what inspired me to write that, I went and saw Doug Kershaw playing in Nashville. I guess it's been a couple years ago now. And Doug is in his 80s. And I'm telling you, he lit that stage on fire. My mom's from Louisiana. And so Doug Kershaw and Jimmy C. Newman and Joel Saunier and these uh, Rufus Thibodeau, fiddle player. I loved all these 
Cajuns. But his song, Louisiana Man, I've always loved that song, and it's his story song. And so I thought, I want to write me a story song. And it was around the time of the CMAs. I didn't know if I was going to win the award, but I was like, I should write a song that's my story and put it out. So I did, and it's just my story in three and a half minutes, and it's kind of Cajun, and it's kind of old country, and it's got a uh, Bob Wills holler in it, I think, and it talks about faded love. Um, I I play little faded love. I play little ragtime Annie, um, these songs I grew up with. So it's a little of everything, and I feel like that's what I am. I got to play that song the other day for a bunch of little kids. I was at Church of Indian Lake here outside of Nashville, and they wanted me to tell my story. I was honestly really nervous. I'm like, oh, gosh, these kids, they might not give a care what I'm doing. But they were just, they loved that song. And they were singing it by the second chorus. And those little girls, I just, uh, I love seeing their little faces light up. And they're like, good old girls. So anyway, I hope that inspires some young girls, too. (laughs) I got to ask you if you would mind sharing a little bit of it with us. Sure, why not? (laughs) Let's see. Chasing them birds and bees Nine months later Arkansas had a brand new baby me Daddy played me a Bob Will song Mama gave me a bow And I was a fiddle and faded love By the time I was five years old Good old girls, good old girls Good old girls like me Southern fried, cut and dry, country as a black-eyed pea. We prank us, fix our hair, wear tight-fitting jeans. I guess that's why them good old boys love good old girls like me. piece of it <laughs> that is fantastic yeah thank you oh, i just love oh, that man, that's fun <laughs> i wanted the melody to be really simple and old-timey and i think we captured that <laughs> there's something about the sound of that fiddle that really just raises the hair on your arms well good <laughs> that's what i hope it does <laughs> well this fiddle in particular is uh this is my baby she's uh over 100 years old. It was my first full-size violin. You know, actually, I started out on a cardboard box. The Zuki method starts you out just so you don't break right. the thing. <laughs> so when I was around, I don't know, 10 or 11, you graduate to the full-size instrument. And this is this was my full-size instrument. And, yeah, it's played on a lot of records, and I know every scratch. There was a little piece of wood here even that a chord got yanked out and we, they had to glue it back, and, you know, it's uh, got a lot of character to it, but I love this instrument. <laughs> got a lot of miles on it. Oh, it sure does. <laughs> I 
Janae, I want to ask you about touring with Blake Shelton. Yes. You have been playing, uh, of course, before COVID times for some huge crowds. I mean, really, really big crowds. And I'm just wondering what it's like to have 20,000 people clapping along to a fiddle solo. Oh, my gosh. It is electric um, is the first word that comes to mind. I miss it so much. I miss it so much. There was a time I played with uh, Martina McBride before Blake. And when I got that gig, they told me, okay, there's this part in the show where you play for three or four minutes because she has a costume change. And I'm like, what do I play? And they're like, just whatever you want. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, no one ever says that. So that was a, a fun moment. It's actually on YouTube somewhere, probably if you type my name in and Martina's. But uh, very first show was in Little Rock, Arkansas, which was a thrill because my whole family was there. But I think I really started to understand what the camera and the lights and everything, like I realized that camera is your connection to that guy way, way, way out that can't see your eyes. So I knew if I look in that camera, like they can, you know, feel the emotion that that I'm trying to make them feel. And with Blake, we have a fun part in the show where I get to solo and um, I hope I don't forget it. It's been so long since we've done a show. <laughs> we played the Opry the other day, and I think that's the most songs we played for a live audience in a year, which was like five songs. And it was, of course, a thrill. But the biggest audiences I play for right now are, I play at the Station Inn every Tuesday night. If you know the Station Inn, it's just a little venue. Oh, absolutely. I need to come up. Oh, please. <laughs> Please, Johnny Meyer and friends. But, you know, it's half capacity right now. But we'll take anything. We're just so glad we're getting to play for people. And um, it's on a live stream as well. But, man, I'm ready to get back on tour. I tell you, I miss it. Well, you seem to be staying busy. I mean, you also last year recorded uh, with John Party. Oh, yeah. Who was a guest on this show. And it was his song, Heartache Medication. Yeah. And... The fiddle is really kind of out front and center, and I'm just wondering if that was something that that John was kind of vocal about as y'all were doing that. Yes, that song, well, he wanted to kind of have this sound of full-hearted memory, George Strait. And right when he said that, I was like, I think, I, I was doing an overdub session, so the band had already tracked. And um, sometimes I track with them. I, I, I think I might have been on the road with Blake, so that's why it was an overdub, but you know, that's just the way some sessions go. But so he's like, I think I kind of want that full hearted memory thing. And uh, so I. And then when they told me it was going to be the single, I was like, oh, my gosh, if this thing doesn't do good, don't blame it on me. <laughs> um, because a fiddle hadn't been. Gosh, on an intro of a song in a long time. So I was thrilled to death. I was just real nervous that maybe the country fans, I didn't know if they were ready for it yet, but I guess they were. There was a a time there where there wasn't a whole lot of fiddle on radio, country radio. So um, I hope it's coming back a little bit. Yeah, I wanted to ask you that. I mean, do you think the fiddle is making a little bit of a of a comeback? And are you seeing it pop up a lot more? Yeah, I, I definitely do. But even newer stuff, I feel like it's got an edge to it, but they'll want a steel guitar or fiddle in there as well. 
And I love to do stuff like that. In fact, uh, with John the other day, I, I can't probably spill the beans exactly on what we were working on, but oh my gosh, there's a song that will be out before long. And it's like, probably not what you expect a fiddle to be on. Oh, really? <laughs> and probably not expect what you'd expect John to be singing. Um, but I'm so excited for that to come out. But yeah, I hope fiddle's making a comeback, man. Uh, there was a time, I remember when banjo, it kind of became the popular thing. But, you know, everything has its phases. You walk through the Country Music Hall of Fame and you see how um, things ebb and flow. And so that's just kind of the way it goes, I think. Well, Janae, this wouldn't be Biscuits and Jam if we didn't talk about food for a second. And um, you've talked about food and some of the songs that you've written. Was <laughs> yeah. that a big part of your childhood? And uh, I mean, was, was your mom a big cook or your dad? Or Food, my favorite. <laughs> um, <laughs> if people watch me on Instagram, like so many times I'm Instagramming what I'm cooking. My dad actually did most of the cooking growing up. So I remember him making, oh my gosh, chicken and dumplings was one of the favorite dishes. And I remember helping him cut the dumplings into little strips and we'd hang them over the sides. That's a great memory for me. And his chili, we would go to these fiddle conventions and stuff. And mom would say all the ladies would come over and go, George, like that chili's so good. (laughs) Give me that recipe. (laughs) And I do, I have his chili recipe. I'm not sure why I haven't actually made it. I have my own that I've made for years, but I want to frame it because it's, it's got stains on it, you know, from the chili, I'm sure, dripping on the paper and stuff. And it's, oh my gosh. And it's in his handwriting, of course. I, so I definitely want to frame that. But the one thing my mom did make a lot was pimento cheese. And <laughs> my family's going to laugh because over the quarantine, when we were really locked down, I would talk to my family on the Marco Polo app, and pimento cheese would come up, I swear, every other day. <laughs> and her recipe is so simple. It is just Colby cheese. Well, she shreds it. You don't buy it pre-shredded. Um, pimentos and Miracle Whip, and that's it. And it's real good. <laughs> and we, when we want to snack fast, that's that's what we snack on. So not really spicy. Some people like it spicy. No, I guess cream cheese can be in a lot of pimento cheese recipes, but it wasn't. Nope. She, I don't even know if she put salt and pepper, and Lord Mom loves the salt. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that was it. And actually, on my Instagram um, page over the summer, we did a pimento cheese party because a lot of people didn't know anything about pimento cheese. So <laughs> we had a party <laughs> talking about pimento cheese. So that and I don't think pimento cheese actually originated in the South. Oh, really? I don't think so. All right, that may require some extra research. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think maybe New York it mm, <laughs> snuck in there. So, <laughs> yeah, All right, we're going to follow up on that one. Please do. Um, so you're a cook yourself. You have you been doing a lot of cooking the last year? Yes, a lot more, and my husband's very happy about that. <laughs> I have a taco soup recipe that is, I probably do that every other week, um, really easy. Let's see, what else do I make? I even wrote some stuff down. Oh, you know what? Martina McBride called me a couple weeks ago. I was actually at Jimmy Fortune's house. Jimmy was in the Statler Brothers. Legend. Jimmy's a legend. And 
I, I'm like, Martina's calling me, and she was making my biscuit recipe, and um, <laughs> she showed, Martina, I'm telling on you, um, so I had made them, I guess, on my Instagram, but her cast iron skillet was so big, like, they didn't fill the pan, so she's like, do I just put them on the outside, or, and we're like, no, just push them all in the middle, and um, I, ne- I don't know if I heard from her if they came out okay, <laughs> so I hope they did, Martina. <laughs> But I think I make a good biscuit recipe. Well, not everybody that comes on this show has a good biscuit recipe, but that's that's good to hear. Yeah, (laughs) I got to add the jam part to it. (laughs) I guess the jam's the fiddling, maybe. (laughs) All right. Well, Janae, I want to end with a simple question. So, if if you had to pick your last meal right now, what would it be and where? Oh my gosh! You know, I ate it. Amerigo's the other night, and this is so random, but as I was eating that meal, I think it probably because I was so hungry, (laughs) I was like, this could be my last meal. It was so darn good. (laughs) So have you been to Amerigo's? No. No? Uh -uh. In Nashville? No. Oh, my gosh. And it was something not even like that I would normally order, but it was a salmon with this herb butter on top and black beans and green beans. Oh, my God. Amerigo's, you owe me a gift card. Um, It was so, so, so good, though. (laughs) And their tiramisu was get out of town. So maybe that, or if I could have my dad's chicken and dumplings, that'd that'd make me just happy. (laughs) Because I sure miss that. (laughs) Uh, Well, Janae Fleener, it's been a a real privilege having you on Biscuits and Jam. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. This has been awesome. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Janae Fleener. You can find her singles, Good Old Girls and Fiddle and Steel, wherever you get digital music. Plus, follow her on Instagram at Janae Music Fiddle. Southern Living is based in Birmingham, Alabama, and this podcast was produced and edited in Nashville, Tennessee. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or telling your friends about the program. You can find us online at southernliving.com and subscribe to our print publication by searching for Southern Living at www.magazine.store. Biscuits and Jam is produced by Heather Morgan Schott, Chrissy Tiglius, and me, Sid Evans, for Southern Living. Thanks also to Ann Kane, Danielle Roth, Erica Wong, Jim Hankey, Matt Sav, and Rachel King at Pod People. We'll see you back here next week for more Biscuits and Jam. Mm-hmm.